0: This is the Firebrand. Ah, uh, the Firebrand. On page 41. I wrote the Firebrand after everything else in the game, basically. Uh, <laughs> because we suddenly
1: realised we needed a revolutionary.
0: Yeah, we didn't have a revolutionary class in a revolution game. But also, like, so we, we were knocking around the idea of, like, a gangster character. Yeah. For a while. And then, like, uh, well, we have the Red Row Terror.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Was the was the one we had, and they were they were all about fear and concealing weapons and threatening people and being dangerous. But it didn't quite work, and like it just seemed like you wouldn't want one anywhere near you.
1: Yeah, they just so they were vartful. real dicks.
0: Yeah, and so we ended up sort of just scrapping that class and moving ahead with the, with the ones we had. And then um, I was I was on a holiday um, up in the north of England and right in the game, and I. Just sort of one afternoon threw the firebrand together and ran it past Chris, and he was like, "Oh yeah, fine, all right, good <laughs> which is really nice. Um, the firebrand is they're interesting like they they're really fighty, except they're not good at it, yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> so they get, set up fights very well, yeah,
0: they get brilliant weapons and they' they're, they're good at buffing people they're good at're they're, they're, they're good at getting fights going but they're not very good at actually doing the killing or getting punched in the face, No, yeah. which is good. I think that's always fun.
1: Don't start with the fight skill. No blood resistance slots. <laughs>
0: but you get a great gun, so, you know. Yeah, there's that. On. The um, The Firebrand is an interesting one for me because they uh, they are a mundane character, I suppose, uh, much like the knight. They right. don't get any sort of magic.
1: To a point. To
0: a point. But then they get all the magic. We'll talk <laughs> about that. Um, the first, all their low and medium abilities, aside from... One is uh, are just mundane. They don't have a diviner and a cult tag. And then, once they hit high, they
1: sort of become gods? Gods of the revolution.
0: Gods of the revolution. A bit like we've got King Teeth um, down in um, Grist, in Derelictus. King Teeth is an enormous bloated cannibal who is is living close to the heart. Which is the rotting hole in reality at the centre of Spire. And he has been he has been driven mad by this, but also people have been worshipping him, and because of the way that the magic works down there, he he is able to grant miracles. And we never looked at it super closely again. Like um, the cannibals of Grift, I think that was maybe the third thing I wrote for this game. Yeah, and they've stuck around uh, just because it's kind of fun to have monsters sometimes. And so, the idea that you can become a god is interesting to me. And also like you, like you're not going to be a a god like as a like our uh, glorious lady like like the named ones we have, but the fact that people people respect you and love you and view you with this figurehead and look to you for strength, it gives you godlike powers
1: yeah it's enough mm.
0: so you can turn into a crowd full of people, for
1: example, <laughs> you can hide within a, within the concept of uh, revolution,
0: yeah, you can become the concept of revolution. Which is, I think that's that's one of the wankiest things I've written.
1: I think it might be. Yeah,
0: um, it's fun. Don't we? I really like it. But my favourite one is a pun in this one, which is the means of destruction. <laughs> which um, any improvised weapon you touch, um, such as bolt cutters, kitchen knives, crowbars, it makes it um, like a. <sighs> Like a lightsaber, as long as you're hitting a cop with it, yeah. <laughs> like, as as long as you hit your oppressors, it just carves through armor and does horrendous damage, and that's awesome.
1: And it's just lovely to see that image of like him handing out weapons to to yeah, just yeah, the yeah. people.
0: Yes, uh, or like or like 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 having like having them bring like having them bring his weapons to him and him blessing them, yeah. and the fact that and like there's also kind of the push pull because there's definitely a cult of personality there, but you're fighting for the people. Yes, and that's, kind of, that's an interesting discussion to have.
1: And again, um, it doesn't make him any better at fighting. It just keeps, no, gives him a good no, weapon.
0: No, um, their Um, what's what's the what's that once possession? Uh, You can draw a crowd to you in a matter of minutes. Yep, you can you can just make it happen. And just they're stop.
1: they're absolutely lovely. Lead from the front.
0: Yeah, uh, when when they've got six or more stress and shadow, they gain mastery in all actions.
1: So when people know your name,
0: yeah, when you're in trouble,
1: yeah, when you're, you're in trouble. Powerful. You're better.
0: I think my favorite ability of theirs, though, um, of the defining one, it's called scapegoat. Uh, once possession, when then NPC accuses you of wrongdoing, you can automatically convince them that you're entirely innocent, and someone else—choose who—is responsible. And that's just—that's so beefy as far as powers go.
1: Yep. Like, and it can like, go so wrong.
0: You could, you could, like, you could like, I, I could see a player using that and taking the GM's plot and just cracking
1: it over their leg. Yep. Just shattering a
0: plot. And I, 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 I have a bit of a respect for any power that can do that.
1: It's, it's, it's definitely a very tasty power. Mm.
0: No, I, I, I like the, I like the firebrand, and like they fit nicely into any group as well.
1: Yeah, you can always have a firebrand, whereas sometimes you can't have a carrion priest.
0: Yeah, it, like way anyway, you wouldn't welcome a hyena. Is a bit tricky. Yeah,
1: but you're always it's doable. Lucky. It's always yeah. doable, but.
0: But like I I like to think that the sort of the, like the, the default class for Spire is uh firebrand with ministry powers. Yep. And that lets you just that lets you do revolutionary shit. Even like <laughs> be even revolutionary. You know, even if you don't ever hit the high level stuff where you're, you know, transmuting into the Jeremy Corbyn or what have you. Do, do do we put in the transmute to Jeremy Corbyn power in the end? We
1: did not know.
0: Ah, okay. Well I understand. It was a bit out of character.
1: A little bit. Let's move on. Let's. So, the idol. The idol.
0: An artist. A and
1: revolutionary. revolutionary.
0: And crucially, a wizard.
1: <laughs> yes. A beautiful, beautiful wizard.
0: The idol arose out of. Um, it was an idea for Ivory Row. Like, it was an idea that Chris had was to have a sort of roving Warhol loft. Where everyone was devoted to art and science and music and magic, just knocking about the rooftops in, in the in the Ivory Road district.
1: Yeah, they are following the sunlight.
0: Mm. And we were trying to think how, in a situation where you had Elphia patrons who were paying lots of money for this, what sort of people would what sort of drow would get in would, would be allowed into that world. And so we, we kind, of came, kind of came upon the idea of people who are incredibly beautiful as a character class.
1: Yeah, because I mean, partly because the elfs crave beauty.
0: Yes, they adore beauty, and the idea is that the idol has been so like they have the high society domain because they're welcomed there. Yeah. And so but then we thought that wasn't strictly interesting enough, so we made them really horrendous bastards. They're just the worst. They're just they're a horrible class. Um, if you want so to just,
1: truly crush somebody. Play an idol, <laughs>
0: bring an idol. This was this this was more one of your classes than mine, I think, Chris.
1: Kind of. I I, I kind of fell in love with the concept of it after we mm. we hashed it all out. Mm. Um, and I think it's summed up beautifully by one of their core abilities, which is glamour.
0: Yeah, that's, that was the last thing we added to them. Actually. Mm.
1: Once per situation, you can use magic to look like whatever that person really really likes.
0: Yeah. And it has no in-game effects.
1: No, but it it, it instantly opens up uh, that that first thing where you're trying to talk to somebody. It yeah. gives you that in.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 it's like, well, you know what? This person definitely fancies me.
1: Yeah, they just do.
0: Like, no matter what's like I, I can't, you know, it, it, it gives you a scene framing. Thing. Yes, I also like the way that it's a spell that relies on you putting on your makeup.
1: Yeah putting on another mask sort um, of thing
0: you can end the spell by scrubbing off whatever makeup you've applied and spending five minutes in front of a mirror mirror remembering what you look like Mm. which is kind of a fun and kind of a dangerous
1: phrase yes yes a little bit
0: and they can also summon parties
1: they can summon parties um, (laughs) and they can be social tanks go on so there's low advanced centre of attention Mm. Um, you can make everybody in a room focus on you and you only Mm. So not only can you distract an entire room so somebody can do something clandestine, mm-hmm. but also you can just, like, right, everybody focus on me. Hello, yeah. I've got something to tell you.
0: Yeah. Or, like, oh, or like, or, or actually, the um, like the Azerite trying to bargain with the barman hasn't gone very well. Yeah. Just got <laughs> to...
1: Look at There's me. It. Let's yeah. sort this out.
0: And they have... Um, then, like, the, the low-level powers are more um, grace... And um, again, sort of the um, making themselves more beautiful, and then once you hit the high level powers, then then they start making art. Yes, uh, which we, I'll be honest with you, we struggled. Oh, for sure, to try and work that. Like um, the the high level powers for a lot of people wrote for a lot of the classes wrote themselves. Uh, in as much as we're like, well, what what what's the natural progression of this class, and you make it happen. But this was really difficult because we had because like we're. You know we're writers, we're not really artists, and we don't really understand the ideas behind that and also it's very hard to put rules around art that's
1: yeah is you know, it's, it's really something right. that is quintessentially subjective
0: yeah, and so we ended up like that's kind of you know, why we had the magician stuff in there we had some we had a load of weirdo powers, and that was the i i think like uh, the soul's portrait is the Dorian gray power, yep, and so you like, you portion off the ugly parts of yourself into a cursed work of art. And you're like, yeah, I think uh, while the artwork is intact, your face cannot be marred in any way.
1: Which is lovely for an idol.
0: It's just, yeah, it's like, again, like there's uh, there's more stuff which has fiction rather than mechanical powers. Yeah. Uh, they also do horrendous levels of damage in combat. Yeah, so there's... there's <laughs> They're fucking despicable in
1: combat. <laughs> there's, there's two powers that really sum up mm-hmm. uh, um, the idol's methodology... Mm -hmm. And the first is Spite. Mm -hmm. And the second is Render Unto Me.
0: Talk us through those.
1: So, Spite is heinous. Mm -hmm. This is where we say, if if you want to really ruin somebody's day, you Mm -hmm. bring an idol. You force them to do their own attack against themselves. Yeah, which has piercing. Which has piercing, because obviously they're dodging armour. Etc. And like, it's that level of mind control... Not mind control, but coercion.
0: Well, just it's like it's like utter shame. Yeah, is the is the is, is the idea of it in in in, in the in that the idol shows themselves to you and says, "Look at you! Look look at how look at how ugly you are! Look at how useless you are!" And you're wrought with such shame that you shoot yourself clean through the leg. Yeah, that sort of thing. And like it's it was in so problematic, power because it, it has self harm in it. Yeah, um, right so. we didn't. And it's well, it's the thing. It's. It's inflicting self-harm, as it were. Uh, but so it's, it's not quite like the epideromancer from Unknown Armies. But it is still there. And so we wanted to... That power has been through a few revisions to make it more acceptable.
1: Not least its tri- name.
0: And less trigger yeah. Uh, now, Render Unto Me is also interesting.
1: Yeah, Render Unto Me, I love. Mm-hmm. Once per situation, you command an NPC to hand an item they're carrying over to you, and they must obey. <laughs> that simple. Give me your gun.
0: Yeah, sure, not a problem.
1: <laughs> they just do it.
0: <laughs> it's just such a lovely idea, and like, and, and, and so that the idol doesn't need to carry things. No, or like, or like, like their purse. Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, the keys. Their uh, their child. Anything you want? Can I have that? Yes. But I that, you yeah, can just walk. Think you can tonight.
1: just walk up to a bar. Yeah. And just, um, I'll have this drink. That'll be three yeah. quid. Just give it to me. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And that's like the the idea of idols is like I think they're a bit elfier than the other classes in that yes. they have the idea that they just go downhill through life, right yep. up to the end. Uh, they have the uh, the incorruptible and uh, perfection powers.
1: <laughs> uh, so Perfe- perfection, I love dearly.
0: Perfection just gives you two additional slots in every resistance, so you can really fucking tank at that point. Yeah, because because bad things simply don't happen to you because you're too beautiful. You're, you're too, too perfect. perfect. And, like, it is a spell. Like, it, is, it isn't real. Mm. And that's, that's fascinating to work with. But the um, incorruptible is what I, I really like. Is um, when you, uh, once a situation, when you take stress to mind, a different nearby character chosen by the GM takes it instead. Yep. Now, you're taking a butt-ton of stress to mind because you're an occult caster. So um, if you pass the roll, great. If you fail the roll, you're taking at least D6 stress, probably to mind, and that can that, that's like getting shot in the brain. Yeah, like that's pretty that's pretty dangerous. So having a low level ability where you can you, where that you can give it to any other character and it's character, it's not PC, it's not NPC. The GM chooses. So but, if,
1: and crucially, the GM chooses.
0: Yeah, if like if you're going off on your own, why not just make friends for the evening? Why not just why not just get some guy to follow you around? Yep. While you do your thing. And then you can and then if if, if you take six stress to mind as you fuck up a, an occult spell, you just put it
1: in him. Yeah, just blast their sanity.
0: And that and that, that again, like people as things. It's a fascinating uh, class. I'm really I'm really happy with it. I haven't seen it played much. I've only seen one idol played. Mm. Uh but I'm interested to see where it could go because they are horrid. Horrible yeah. classes, and they—they're like cats. They look nice, but they're really horrible things.
1: Yeah, I mean their their skills are deceive and compel. Yeah, they that's it. <laughs> they don't have fight. They don't, they can't fix. They can't do anything. I the, the think they can fight. Well, they they can, uh, sorry, but they um,
0: paint with blood. Any weapon you wield gains the conduit tag. When wielding a melee weapon, you may use compel plus a cult to attack. Yep. Because because you're just that perfect, you can fight. Why not? I, yeah, they they. I think they're not an especially overpowered class. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say that they're especially like optimal. Uh, but they're definitely one which we like very much.
1: Yeah, and plus the art is gorgeous. Just yeah, just that to say uh, That's, that's my so striking. Piece. That's my
0: favorite piece from the book. Uh, mm. That 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 alone, I think, made us at least five grand. On the <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's so. Um, it's it's right what I want from AD in that it's slightly unreal and very stark and very crisp and very angular and and like it evokes the lines of Spire. If you look at all the art he's done, he's got these he's got these blocky brutalist lines that go that go through every single piece.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's really like he's really done his homework on this. Super impressed with his work.
1: Really nailed it down.
0: So next up in the characters we have the Knight.
1: Ah, uh, the Knight of the North Docks. The Knight has very much been
0: a benchmark character throughout this whole process, I think. They were they were one of the first things which I came up with um when I was sitting down and writing down some ideas. Uh, back when drugs was a domain. <laughs> yes. For a while we had drugs as a domain. Yeah, I, I it thought I thought they would be specific. I thought they would be more important than they were. <laughs> But as it turns out, we didn't write any rules for them.
1: No, probably for the best.
0: Yeah. Um, the knight is, knight is is a wonderful character and very spire. I think they're quite fantasy punk. Yeah, uh, in a way too. The, the core idea behind the knights is that a couple of hundred years ago they were proper um, fancy pants knightly order of noble protectors who were there, who were sworn, who were given dominion over the docks uh, by the council of spire to protect traders. So to sort of help it set up as a cosmopolitan uh, city, and then the Elfia came in, and everything has sort of rather gone downhill. And now they're gangsters.
1: Yeah, I think gangsters is the closest. They they do protection rackets. Um, yeah. Mild beatings. Yeah. Drunken debauches, that sort of thing.
0: Every single nightly the order has a pub, um, and they're all named after those pubs. This is this is mainly a way for us to get um, cock jokes. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of cock jokes in
0: Spire. Uh, What we got? There's um, the questing cock, the thirsty maiden, uh, the Bell's End is another one. Uh, It's I I I think it's important to have some measure of carry-on humour.
1: Yeah, we wanted some levity in this because Spire is not exactly the most cheerful of places. Oh god, it's grim.
0: (laughs) I will say, like, as I've been running it for nearly a year now, and um, it's quite exhausting after a session of Spire after the like, after you just sort of like weigh up what your players have done, and it's never nice no the knight uh so the knight is a gangster um and so there is i think they're possibly the, the most easiest of our characters, maybe aside from the carrion priest to play stereotypically yeah there's uh and and also like from that point of view, they're the easiest to play they're the easy to get into, they give you a really good um easy role playing thing to get and also they're good at fights as well, which is very useful in a role playing game. Um, they have. They are the only characters I've ever written who have like mandatory cod pieces.
1: <laughs> Every <laughs> night, a very insistent about the cod pieces. of
0: like just like have, have massive, gaudy, stupid cod pieces, and they wear they wear quarter plate, which is just from what, what, what I can imagine that like quarter plate is partially there to uh, to add mobility, but partially there because they can't afford a full suit of armor.
1: Yeah, but also it's like it's a pauldron.
0: A quarter yeah. plate. A, um, a pauldron, um, a gorget, just the cool-looking bits.
1: Yeah, it's the cool-looking bits, but also it's the bits that slam into somebody when you shoulder-barge mm. them.
0: Yeah. I always liked the, um... It was like, like old musket, like musketeer armour, or grenadier armour. They'd have a load of armour on their left-hand side. And sword fights, too, actually. They'd, they'd have big pauldrons and armour all on the left-hand side, and the right-hand side was left completely open so they could so they could move their hand around and aim the gun and stuff. Mm. I also thought that was a really cool look, so I was happy to have a character class who does that. Um, as far as the evolution of the knight goes, uh, as I said, they were one of the earliest things to have, and they've always been slightly larger-than-life characters. They don't quite follow the rules of physics, and not in a magic way. No. There's something almost goblinoid about them, in that goblins have a, have a different grasp on, on reality, and knights have that too. Um, is yeah, I mean,
1: the knight originally started off as the most mundane class and they still are, I think. Yes, but honestly. we've we've found a better way of putting it. We've magicked them
0: up a little bit. We've made, like, we've given them magic quests to go on yeah. as the high level advances, which I'm really but proud of. I'm so
1: in love with the with the high level abilities for the, the fact that they're pub crawls. Yeah,
0: yeah. That every night is effective, effectively on a pub crawl. It also means that it gives you an interesting arc because a lot of the low level abilities are kind of lying, cheating, stealing, uh, showing off, but also like um, being something you're not. And then the high level advances that you actually become it, yeah. So you get a nice arc if you you know if you make high level change in spire. The uh, the latest change we had tonight, which we had, which we've actually done during um, like post uh, post Kickstarter launch, is we changed their refresh. Mm. So their refresh used to be win a fight, and now their refresh is engage in reckless excess, and that I think is a bit more. It's it, it's a bit less dependent on having to win a fight, and much less disruptive as well.
1: Yeah, but also it adds more role-play opportunities rather than just mm. do what you were doing, get something back for it.
0: I think as well, like, every party's happy to have a night in it.
1: Yeah, they fit with everything.
0: Um, because they have the 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 pick-a-fight abilities. It's, it's once per, once per situation, they can, they can find the most advantageous fight to get in. But the fact that they always know where a pub is and they refresh by having effectively a bender means that there's there's always a bit, you can always sort of turn to the night to let off steam.
1: Yeah, they're very good for generating downtime.
0: Yes, very much so. And pubs as it turns <laughs> out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you play a night, do be prepared to be naming a lot of pubs.
0: Yeah. Uh the book there, there there are there are many in the book. Um and um I think we've detailed the pub in about half of the areas of the of of the game.
1: Yeah, partly due to the Kickstarter backers. Yes, yes. partly due to them,
0: um, we had some lovely ones. It was really interesting working with those. Actually, if we, like if we can if just took, like step off to the. Actually, you know what? We'll discuss that when we get to them. <laughs> let's let's yep. let's stay on. Let's stay on character, stone characters. Um, so I think the iconic knight ability is Bragadocio. Yes, it, it very much is. Why don't you tell other people what what does? So Braggadoccio
1: Bragadocio, Braggadoccio I believe. Uh-huh. First off, it gives you the de- deceive skill, uh-huh. which is always useful. But then, once per session, you automatically convince an NPC that you can achieve something, whether or not you can, and that is beyond useful. It's tremendously. I've I've had it unseat entire plots. Mm.
0: It's absolutely wonderful. It was it was it was it was a playtest session. It was the very first playtest of Spy we ran. Knights had this ability back then, and they uh, the, the the group fought their way through to the uh, to, like, to, to the cult of evil people trying to uh, perform a blood sacrifice. Um, to uh, to uh, like, like dethrone the elfire, and it was a, it was a massively damaging blood sacrifice uh, to, the, to the drow of Spire, so they're interested in stopping it. And rather than kill the uh, the occultist who was leading it, the knight ran up and said, "I can give you true happiness."
1: <laughs> and I'm using <laughs> Bragadocious,
0: please. And sh- and she ran off with him, and the two of them ended up in, it, in like in this um, mutually dependent relationship the rest of the campaign. <laughs>
1: That is that is bizarre.
0: It was really lovely, and I think one one of the nice things um, I find when when I play Spire is is because we give players these slivers of narrative opportunity. I keep getting surprised by it,
1: yeah. Oh, for and sure.
0: The, yeah, the plot goes in directions that I couldn't predict. And while that can be frustrating sometimes, and it can be like, oh god, what do I do now? If you're if you're willing to run with it, it means that as a GM, you get a much more exciting experience. The players feel more involved.
1: Yeah, and. Like a lot of the um, abilities from the knight mm. inform campaigns. Go on. So, for instance, Knight Admiral. <laughs> the best
0: ability in the game. The best ability in the game. <laughs> sorry, it, sorry, sorry. The worst ability in the game.
1: What it does is it Mechanically. Gives you a reputation um, slot boost, which is fine.
0: And especially for the knight, because they can they can, they can dump um, damage on their rep.
1: Yeah. But it also on. gives you a mighty mount, a rowboat. Mm hmm. And. When you take an ability like that, you're kind of telling the GM, "Hello, I'd like to use a rowboat. Mm -hmm. Put more rivers in the game, please.
0: Put more rivers in the game, please." Also, I feel like being either very sneaky or more likely daft.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I I think I've had Night Admiral in most of my playtests that involved him. Yeah,
0: things have gotten much rivery after Night Admiral arrived. Yeah, people have found rivers yeah and that's great and like i think that like also it gives you quite a nice uh, motif as well um mm. in that in like you're sailing away from a problem <laughs> especially if your game takes place in, in the north docks or say the silver quarter
1: yeah and they've got just the best high abilities
0: so yeah let's talk about these um so the knights go on pub crawls uh to unlock the high level abilities so unlike everyone else you have to like you get a small benefit and then you get a whacking great benefit at the end rather than just getting a pretty high benefit when you when you get high advance um these weren't originally quests but we've but we sort of we happened upon that and we thought it was a really fun thing to have um especially because it cements it in the in the setting we were really interested in having the, the characters re- reflect back on the setting and inform that and so this 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 generates legendary pubs which you can go to and do magic stuff. I think my favourite one is Pull the Sword from the Stone. Because yeah. uh, you go to the Stone, which is a pub, and you get the original Sword of St. Benafris, um, your the the, the the original Knightly Order. And then... It's, it's a really good sword, basically. It's an incredible sword that you really want to have. And then you get one of the following upgrades... Uh, Things like, the sword glows blue in the presence of something, you're not sure. Seems important, though. Or, you know in your heart that you were the true monarch of Spire. And, like, that that last one there is like, hello, GM, I've, I've got the end of the campaign sorted.
1: <laughs> got that one nailed down.
0: I want to be the king of Spire. And that's fun. That's lovely to have.
1: Yeah, the knight is a really good class for people who don't quite know what to pick.
0: Yeah, they're they're the fighter. Um, yeah. In the in the way that, like, the, the Lejean who are coming to you next are the clerics and the, ro- uh, the, the bound are the rogues. These guys are fighters, and they can do fighter stuff.
1: Yeah, but they can also be fairly social if they want yeah, to sure. They can do all sorts of stuff, and they just they embody Spire really wonderfully.
0: Yeah, to take so, something fantasy and then um, jam it into a low-rent urban environment and see what
1: happens. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. The L'Jean have the weirdest name. They do. And one of the hardest to spell, as we yes. found out with our proofreader. With Sorry. I
0: still don't know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Thank looking at the looking word at now. now. I'm looking at the word now written in, like, 70-point font, and I'll forget it the second I scroll down. I don't know where that H goes. Mainly oh, okay. because... I put it in there in the first place. <laughs> it's a made-up word. Well, um, the Lejeune are priests. Yes.
1: They're priests of the main Drow religion. Our glorious lady. Um, and they have abilities to reflect that. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're really interesting, the Lejeune, mm. because they're one of the few people that can really do really do odd stuff, like mess with Bonds.
0: Yeah, they can't heal despite being the cleric. They're not very good at that. Healing healing Inspire
1: is mainly based around your refreshes, um, laying low, and things like that. There are high-level abilities, especially in some extra advances um, Mm. and in extra books, that do let you heal. Yeah, but they're 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 either expensive or they're rare.
0: I think that that was a deliberate part on our uh, a different choice on our view that we wanted combat to be unpleasant, but also um, in having to reflect the idea that healthcare isn't available to the people and only to the people who can afford to hire the priests who can heal you mm. or to actually go to a doctor. Like we have doctors in Spire as well. You know, I think like, it's much more common to go to a doctor and get something than actually than to get you know, divine intervention.
1: Yeah, because there's something odd about divine healing. It doesn't like, quite sort of, sit right. Yeah, it's sort of knitting it, bones back together. And yeah, what does it do? Does this make you feel better? It's and I
0: I think like in a game that says I mean obviously we're referencing Dungeons and Dragons here in a game that's as woolly as D and D about what hit points are it feels weird to restore them and then how that also comes in anyway the lejan does some light healing um, but it's like they're not about that they're more of a weirdo social class
1: yeah they're community focused yeah and we have quite a few classes actually that are very community focused.
0: Yeah, in Black Magic, the source book which we released, the uh, the Grongu is a kind of a head witch, and they like they form a bond with their community and then they can they they can cast powers off that. And mm. they're they're kind of an evolution of the Lejeune. I can see most Grongu will come out as Lejan. And the the interesting thing for us as well about Lejan is the of the Chrysalia, it's the main Drow religion. It's the one allowed Drow Religion. Yes. Inspired. So there's they have a tripartite goddess called uh domnu in its entirety and it's our glorious lady who's the light side of the moon our hidden mistress who's the dark side of the moon and uh the crimson vigil uh which or our crimson mistress which is the red side of the moon the blood moon which is kind of a once per month occurring thing and they are they are respectively community revenge and violence <laughs> yeah. um as their, as their ideas, and so we want to try and talk about how religion is used under, like, how this one religion that's been allowed to pro- allowed to survive, if not prosper, how that acts as a community support network under an oppressor. We've got things like build bridges and burn bridges, uh, bedside manor, friend to the downtrodden, like, a lot of low-level stuff is them just learning how to deal with community and be a community leader. Like, yeah. they have a surprisingly small amount of divine spells at their low level,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, interesting. One of the first things that you can pick up is uh, Scryatrix Nason. Yes, which is the first of a chain of abilities you can pick up.
0: Yeah, this so like uh, the the rules for this used to be uh, universal to all Lejean. They got this when 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 you took the class, and we felt we were really front loading them with too many powers.
1: They did have a lot,
0: so we divided this one out, and also it was it's kind of like a magical clue box, you like a button you can push to get clues.
1: Yeah. If you're playing a very investigative campaign, you can, yeah. you, you can save a lot of time by having um, scryatrix scry on your side.
0: And if you're not, you can feel really useless. <laughs> and so we kind of wanted to make it optional. But then also, like, we were going through and writing up. we wanted, I think we had, like, a minimum number of um, abilities for every class we wanted to have. And so we ended up going into the um like, power tree, which is fairly rare. We don't have, like, trees generally no, in there's, a,
1: there's I think there's about three. Yeah. spread across different classes and advances
0: uh, and this is one of them I think because it's such a big deal we were interested in having it sort of um, reveal itself over the course of play
1: yep um, and especially as it gets higher mm. it starts messing messing about with intrinsic game mechanics, which is fascinating which I really like um, at the very high level you could sever bonds yeah. and just cut them off from people
0: and that, and, and so, like, seeing, powerful. which is, which is, which is a fascinating part, and like, seeing, like, like, you can see the bonds, and so again, again, it's an investigation skill, and then eventually you can start fucking with them, and that's really tremendously good fun. Um, they can bring Drow back from the dead, which involves a trip to the um, to Drow Heaven, yeah, which is exciting,
1: which is the only place we detail Drow Heaven,
0: yeah, oh uh, no, no, also it's in the um, it's in the it's in the heart,
1: oh it's in the heart bit as well, yeah, isn't
0: it? it's 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 actually in Spire, I think. Things get a bit different. It's, it's inspired and it's on the moon.
1: Yes. Just yeah, to make things me. more complicated.
0: Why not, eh? Um, I think my favourite spell eh, uh, of, of all the. Um, of all the. the most iconic of the Vajan is the Rite of the Three
1: Sisters. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Talk about that. So, Rite of Three Sisters is um, <laughs> a ritual where until the next dawn, all participants in the ritual, when they mark stress, they. Share it between them mm. so you have three participants, so if one person takes six blood stress mm-hmm. instead each of them take two yeah um so it increases your chance of taking minor fallout but reduces yeah. your chance of taking severe fallout yeah which is and interesting very much that community sharing off-site tanking. off site tanking yeah off site <laughs> tanking like the Luzhan can be incredibly powerful as a in quotation marks, combat class. In if that, you yeah, want
0: them to. and to and like, well, they, they get a weapon with conduit right off the bat. Yeah, which is um, so pretty they, heavy. They can spend mine to roll with mastery in combat, um, and then like, I think I think they can pick up the fight skill at some point, um, or like they, they like they can pick up the fight skill from endurance or through multi-classing or what have you, and then you can you can have them as fairly righteous, which is i have not really seen them played as a righteous cleric, but I'd love to see like a proper paladin.
1: Yeah. Of, yeah, our, most, of our
0: glorious lady, that's a really nice idea. Actually, most
1: of the playtest legends very much um, went with the community angle. Yeah, which is which is fine. I mean, it's it's probably my favourite way of of running well, them. Yeah, but it's it's not going paladin isn't the norm.
0: No, I I can see that being interesting, and okay. we also we also got to talk about auras, which is nice. Um, and like we wanted to have them um, because they're a moon god, we're interested in channeling the like the uh, the traditional ideas of the moon in tarot. So about secrets and about um, omens and portents and interpretation. And so it was really fun to write what sort of things would be in auras. And we got to just any time Chris and I get to write a list of weird things, <laughs> uh,
1: we're very happy. You'll notice a lot of them in the box outs. Yeah, so we just kind of um, go right list time. Let's move on. The masked. The masked challenging tasks, right? The masked. Oh, it's not it's not something I'd had to write before. No, a quiet
0: social class. Yes. It's sure as shit nothing that, I, that either of us have played before. No. We we do we we do social but we do loud. Yes, for sure. We do idols, we do knights. And masks was a real challenge. Um, also, they didn't exist until we knew the high elves wore masks, which was quite a late addition.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then they kind of fell out of that rather than yeah. having to be dragged.
0: Yeah, they they, they blended in really nicely. I am I am continually impressed by every single mask mask character that I've seen played, even though it is it is not at all um, mandated by the rules. Turns out to be an absolute psychopath.
1: <laughs> Generally yep, they're not they're not the most stable of people. No.
0: And the fact that, that, that they can walk in place. Let's talk about the mask. Um so the, the um the character concept is that you are a professional servant, or you were a professional servant to the high Elves. You're kind of a, a kind of a butler, but a butler who then learns to poison people.
1: One of the interesting things is that once your durance is over, you kind of kept it. Mm. You kept the mask, you kept the the persona you had to adopt, yeah, and taken it to an extreme and used it to your own ends.
0: And like the thing, like you might still work for your lord,
1: yeah, potentially.
0: Uh, like, there's no, we haven't said any, like, we haven't really talked about what it is you do aside from from your class, as it were, or like what it, what it, what it is you do, what it is you do aside from the um from the from the ministry, like what your what your day job is. Because yeah. we weren't hugely interested in reflecting that side of things, but that's certainly, you know, uh, something which you can go into.
1: Yeah. And their um their refresh just mm. says so much about their class. Show someone they should not have underestimated you. you should not have underestimated me. <laughs> but it's just that thing of just you're a servant and then you you've, you've yeah. got to show how powerful you actually are.
0: Yeah. And there's a real sort of revenge. I, I think, like part of the reason they become they all become horrendous psychopaths is because it's probably the sweetest kill. Yeah, like if a knight kills an elf here, it's like, oh well, he, could, he kind of got in my way, dee da. That all happens, and for a mast, you definitely know it was premeditated. Yeah, There's uh, something <laughs> yes. very exciting about that. So they have a lot of quiet, like sneaking social abilities things like being able to walk in places, being, like, being able to spread lies by accessing the, um, the, the paperwork, being able to blend it with crowds.
1: Yeah and they're also interestingly the only ones who get by default a bonus to re- interacting with Elphir. Yes. Which is both fairly powerful mm. but also very specific. Yeah. Um, nobody else interacts with Elphir necessarily no not so, and it, and
0: it's social as well so like mm. and seeing as they have the high society domain when they go and speak to an elfia they're probably it's probably going to work yeah that lets them threaten elfia as well and like yep. properly spook them the um they contain uh one of my favorite powers in the game um like we were saying uh Breg-a-Dotry on the night was I think like this this is along the lines of this in terms of it just gives you it gives the players a huge amount of control for very for very little word count as it really doesn't take up a lot of space in the book, but it will take up a huge amount of space in the campaign. And uh, this this, this is Mask of the Lover. <laughs> and the Mask of the Lover lets you just once possession, if you so choose, an NPC falls for you. Tell the GM who. And seeing as this is a spy, it's probably not going to be that sort of nice, lovey-dovey sort of love. No, They're going to be absolutely obsessed with you and then fuck up in some way.
1: But again, it's that player choice informing Mm. campaign yeah they also have some of the most grotesque powers (laughs) yeah um, in gestalt
0: yeah very early power as well for them yeah it was one of the defining
1: powers of the class yeah Um, the ability to operate out of two bodies simultaneously Mm. Um, so it's one of the few places where we started messing with essentially mind control
0: which is interesting to us. Um, we actually, we, we, did a, um, we did a question like, of oh, what sort of content don't you want to see in games yeah. questionnaire uh, when we were writing Spy, just to sort of, just, we, we put it out, to, 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 we tried to reach, reach as many people as possible. Obviously, we can only really reach our own audience, but mm. we did what we could. And um, we got a lot of really interesting feedback, and the thing which most people were okay with, which surprised us, was mind control. Yeah. I think because it produces such interesting stories.
1: Yeah, and especially since like Gestalt, you have to you have to earn the mind control. It's not yeah. bam; you're mind controlled.
0: You have to make a mask out of your own skin, yeah, and then put it on them, yeah, and then and then you control both of you. And that's a very I mean, like you've got to find them. <laughs> you've got to find <laughs> someone. Like if you don't kill them afterwards, then they're really not going to be happy about it.
1: Yeah, it's not an easy easy ask all round.
0: No, and in fact, the fact that the that the Gestalt mask was magic it kind of give a, it gave us the second branch of the masked because we were really struggling with, like, there's only so many social powers you can have um, before they become so niche it's not worth taking them. yeah Like, they can be fun, but they're just, like, they're, they're kind of a sub-low advance. And you can see, uh, actually, in the, uh, the Blood Witch, in the Black Magic sourcebook, if you've got access to that, um, the familiars... The, the, the familiar advances they are, they're a grab bag of powers that you pick two of because we couldn't come up with a thing to give, to the, to, to, give to, the, to the familiar which felt like a low level advance Yeah, and so we were really struggling to come up with social powers and enough of them to fill out the class and to make, to make it feel like they had enough of a um, choice in, in the way they can be played and so we, ha- we had these magical masks and so we, uh, we did some research into um, masquerade culture yeah, um, in Venice and around that, and obviously the Silver Quarter, the canal, the the moneyed canal district, is heavily employed by Venice. Although, as Chris and I were discussing, um, we we hadn't really thought about what happens underneath the Silver Quarter because <laughs> those canals will really leak.
1: Yes, we figured it just rains sometimes in northern <laughs> row Yeah, it indoors gets, the temperature gets too high. But. We had these
0: magic masks, and so um, one of the one of the so we had like the citizens mask, which is not that's more of an incidental magic sort of thing. But the mouthless mask is inspired by a particular kind of mask um, from the f- from that period. Um, I'm thinking about the, like the 1400s, 1600s um, in Venice. There was a mask which was worn by, 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 by fine society ladies, and it was a perfectly black circle. And there was a there was kind of a, a grip on the back which you gripped between your teeth when you were wearing it. And so and there was no straps. Speak. So you couldn't speak. There was no straps. There was like it was nothing else. The only thing that was keeping it on your face. So like, it let you have really extravagant hairdo's and you know, fascinators and that, but it meant you couldn't speak. And so we we put that into the mouthless mask, which uh, while you have it, you make you and anything around you makes no noise.
1: Which is the psychopath's mask of choice? Yes,
0: very much so. Like more so over the mask of the killer. Yes. <laughs> really. um, the mathless mask is really massively creepy. Um, we don't we don't actually describe it super well in the game because I think also we want people to like describe their own masks. Yeah, because it's going to be very important to their character, and we we really like the idea of um, having. A bit like with the bound uh, character when it's like um doors are now lo- doors are not, not unlocked to you. It's just like if you don't want sound to happen, it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Just I think, it's just a binary on off. I think the
0: first time I saw this power it was in it was Vampire the Masquerade. It's a quietus power from the from the Asamite. It's quite a low level one, you just turn off all noise around you. And I'm really glad I got to put it in a game. <laughs> it's a bit like turn off all lights around
1: you, that sort of thing. It's a really yeah.
0: cool sort of scene setting thing, and you've uh, you've you've seen it played uh, to great power in your um, uh, Kings of Silver campaign. Yeah,
1: I mean, just shutting down spellcasters. Yeah, which I hadn't
0: really thought of.
1: Yeah, um, just completely shuts them down. But also, you want to make an entrance. Yeah, you walk in, and the crowd will literally go silent as you walk yeah. in. Just kind of fun. Um, and it gives it gives a wonderful sense of drama. But also, you. It's interesting because you could be sneaking and going right. I'll wear my Mather's mask so we don't make any noise. And the guards are having a conversation, and suddenly they can't hear each other. Yeah, like that's as good of a giveaway that somebody that something's going on as making a loud noise. Yes, precisely.
0: I think I think as well. Like the uh, w- one of the last ones we put in was the Masterless Mask, and so this is this is fairly unusual in that it's a power which references a distinct fluff section. Yeah. Uh, in that the Musculus Mask is a god which is prayed to in the works primarily, and they are the they are the god of um, people who serve the Elfia who are unhappy and wish to have revenge. They are, they are like the uh, the the oppressed, revenging as it were. That's not a word, is it? Revenging,
1: <laughs> revenge nation,
0: taking revenge, and. The fact, and like, and, and so like, they mentioned uh, they mentioned uh, down in the work section, and we thought it'd be kind of fun to put that in as a power you could have, and you become you become unto a god, you have um your like you do shit tons of damage to uh to to Elphir, which is great, whatever. That's not why you took the power, because the more people who pray to you, you refresh, yeah, and that's really exciting. It's a really cool thing to set up
1: to set like, up your own cult, essentially. Yes.
0: And it's like, and, and it's and it's like, it's a cult, but also they're worshiping the mask and they're worshiping your actions in the mask. So once you take off the mask, you're no longer the guy. Yeah. And unlike a lot of other cults which I've seen set up, it's it seems fairly honest.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting is that there could be two or three people with with the masterless mask in theory. Yeah. All gaining the same benefits from each other's actions.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a really exciting thing. And like, like, and like you start tracking down the other the other masks. Mm. Uh, as, as part of a high-level end game, they were they were challenged to write. I'm really I'm really happy we got we got them in the game. Um, they are, I think, the absolute antithesis of the firebrand, but they yes. perform a very similar
1: job. Yeah.
0: In that they're rebels, but they but they they hide in plain sight.
1: Yeah, and it's that plain sight that really gives them their flavour. Mm. They're um, most masked I've seen almost always walk in the front door. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> then there's never any subterfuge that way. Yeah, they just, they just they just walk in the front door because they're one of the staff.
0: I think is what's kind of interesting that they let you skip boring bits of the game. <laughs> yes, like rather than, oh, like oh, make me a stealth check, make me a ste- make me a deceive check, and it's like well, I don't want to do that because if you fail, then you can't access the fun part. Yeah, and so they just let you just 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 go. Yeah, you can just walk in. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I'll just leave the door unlocked. It'll be fine.
0: We're going to move on now to the midwife, who I know is Chris's favourite class from the book. So he'll be leading. The Spire Director's Commentary Podcast is a companion to the Spire RPG and features Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor. The music is by Arokia, hosted on freesound.org and used under the Creative Commons licence. To learn more about Spire, explore related products, or buy your own copy, go to rowanrookeanddeckard.com.